Hello, I'm your host, Gary Oz, and this is Just Loving Life and Why You Should. I share related experiences in mental and physical health, personal wealth, entertainment, and sports for the more mature man. So go ahead and press the follow button on whatever directory you're currently listening on. Body Products. Body Products. Are the proud sponsors. The proud sponsors. Of Just Loving Life. Just Loving Life. Just Loving Life. With Gary Oz. Gary Beauty originates deep inside. 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 The topic of today's show is the lost and found. I wanted to call this episode a call to arms, which is an idiom. The definition is a strong command or inducement for action, especially among a particular group of people. But social media would ban my publication for political bias without reading and listening to the content. The reason why I know this, because it's happened before. So, are we respected as black sportsmen or sportswomen? Over the last year in English football premiership, at the start of every game, players, referees and coaching staff have been taking the knee in support of kicking racism out of football. Is this an indication that we are moving in the right direction? Racism, racism, racism has been rife in football as long as I can remember. In researching this podcast, one of the first articles I came across was in a book called Pitch Black, and the author is Emmy Onora. In this book, it is claimed that the former England manager, Graham Taylor, was asked by senior officials at the Football Association to limit the number of black players he picked to represent England. It was a conversation that allegedly took place between Graham Taylor and a former professional footballer, Richie Moran, during a function at Watford Football Club. Richie Moran retired from football early because of the racial abuse he had suffered. Graham Taylor allegedly said, look, I'm going to tell you something. I'm never going to admit it. I will be sued for libel. He then went on to say that He had been called in by two members of the Football Association and told him in no uncertain terms not to pick too many black players in the English team. When this story came out, Graham Taylor denied it. But even under the threat of legal action, Richie Moran stands by his recollection of events. So what is it? Tennant only counts if there is not too many of us representing. Do you remember West Bromwich Albion Football Club in the 1970s? Do I need to say more? For those of you that don't know that time, there was a trio of black players representing WBA. They were subjected to horrendous racial abuse up and down the country 
more so than any other teams with black players. Did West Bromwich Albion go too black for their time? Did they, at that time, pass the accepted quota for black players? The trio were called the Three Degrees, a name associated with a popular pop group of that time, who Prince Charles was a big fan of. The footballing Three Degrees, however, was Brendan Batson, Cyril Regis, and my favourite black British footballer of all time, Laurie Cunningham. The coach of West Bromwich Albion at that time was Ron Atkinson. Two of the three players of the world class, but as in Regis and Cunningham, WBA got a bog off. In other words, buy one and get two free. But let's focus on big Ron Atkinson for a moment. At that time, I and many other black people also applauded his genius at that time. However, years later, the truth of his real feelings came out. Ron Atkinson in 2004 was an ITV football pundit. He had to resign after his racist comments about the black French Chelsea player Marcel Desailles were broadcast around the world. The remarks he made when viewers in Britain were watching post-match analysis of the Monaco v Chelsea Champions League semi-final first leg. He referred to the underwhelming performance of the black French defender, Atkinson said in quote, he is what is known in some schools as a lazy, thick N-word. Atkinson's conversation was picked up by microphones that should have been switched off once the broadcast from the stadium had concluded. An ITV spokesman said, in quote, we don't in any way condone the comments in question, which were not broadcast as part of ITV's coverage, but were made in an off-air conversation after the game. It was regrettable lapse by a respected and experienced broadcaster. ITV say lapse. <laughs> lapse? Lapse? No. That's his true feelings all along. He spoke in what was commonly known in the entertainment business as a hot microphone. Calm as a bitch. Graham Taylor managed England 20 years after the legendary three degrees played for West Bromwich Albion. He ended up being called a turnip and was vilified for the national press after he failed as the then England manager. Calm as a bitch. Look at that. 20 years on, and even if we could have lifted the World Cup, the powers that be at that time are more concerned about the colour of the player in the shirt, rather the colour of the shirt they wore. I think the issue goes way back past football. Let's look at another sport in Formula One. Sir Lewis Hamilton, he's not a favourite of theirs either. You get the distinct impression that the press do not really get behind him. And why should they? A single black man in a billionaire sport, he's in the stratosphere of elitism. But is he? In 2016, Lewis Hamilton was competing with the then German teammate of Mercedes, Nico Rosberg, for the world championship title. 
Lewis Hamilton, with his aggressive style of driving and attitude, had numerous car issues throughout that season. But he was still in touching distance of winning the title. And yet, Mercedes would share Lewis's data with his teammate, Nico Rosberg. The Mercedes cars was th that season were unbeatable. However, Lewis's engine would blow up. There would be brake issues, etc. And yet, if both cars ran correct, Lewis would always win in a head-to-head -head battle. Lewis eventually lost the title by a few points on the final race. Nico Rosberg won the world title and retired immediately that season. I said to a former work colleague at that time, even though he is right, he as a black man cannot conduct himself in that way. Because all it takes is a mechanic or an engineer to not give something the proper attention and that would be the price of failure or success. Lewis Hamilton always had the beating with Nico Rosberg, even way back in their childhood karting days. Nico is the son of K.K. Rosberg, a former F1 driver and considered to be F1 royalty. Strangely, though, a few seasons later, four employees were sacked for racist bullying within the Mercedes camp. Th that was little news. That may have just passed you by. Now, if you're too black in certain sports, it seems like the media coverage you get is not always favourable, as you might be expected. When we have to gatecrash certain sports, they expect us to conform to what they deem to be acceptable. Let's look at the world of athletics. Linford Christie of Great Britain to this day holds the Great Britain record for the Blue Ribbon event for 100 and 200 metres records to this day. A former Olympic and world champion, but for all his successes, where was Linford Christie at our 2012 Olympics? Is it because of his falling out with Sebastian Coe, or is the issue bigger than that? How dare they tarnish Linford Christie's name? with the wild allegations. Since Linford Christie retired, we have not had an Olympic or world champion to match his achievements. We still need him to inspire future generations. Let us briefly look at the world of tennis. How many times has Serena Williams been headline coverage because they do not like the outfits at her tennis tournaments? Let's look back in history, boxing specifically. Let's go all the way back to 1910. Jack Johnson was the first ever black heavyweight champion. He beat a boxer named James J. Jeffries, who at the time was the great white hope. Many white Americans hoped he would bring back the heavyweight title back to the race. His defeat sparked off several months of violence across the country. Jack Johnson did not conform. He was too black and too flash and rubbed his relationship with white women at that time in their faces. Fast forward 100 years later, and even though there are more black men and women at the high levels in their respected sports, there seems to be a direct correlation on the media coverage you get and how well you conform to what the media feels how you should behave. 
In the 1968 Olympics, two African-Americans, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, each raised black glove fish during the playing of the U.S. National Anthem, the Star Spangled Banner. While on the podium, Smith and Carlos, who had won gold and bronze medals, respectively, in the 200 metres running event of the 1968 Summer Olympics, turned to face the US flag and then kept their hands raised until the anthem had finished. In addition, Smith, Carlos and Australian silver medalist Peter Norman all wore human rights badges on their jackets. In his autobiography, Silent Gesture, published nearly 30 years later, Smith revised his statement that the gesture was not a black power salute per se, but rather a human rights salute. The demonstration is regarded as one of the most overtly political statements in the history of the modern Olympics. But can you stand alone? Can you bend one knee alone? when your country turns its back on you, Australia. But let's we forget, the white Australian silver medalist, Peter Norman, who died of a heart attack on the 3rd of October, 2006 in Melbourne at the age of 64. The US Track and Field Federation proclaimed on the 9th of October, 2006, the date of his funeral as Peter Norman Day which is 38 years after the three made history, both Smith and Carlos gave eulogies and were pallbearers at Norman's funeral. And I'll tell you why. Norman wore a badge on the podium in support of the Olympic Project for Human Rights, which is the OPHR. After the final, Carlos and Smith had told Norman what they were planning to do during the ceremony. As a journalist wrote, they asked Norman if he believed in human rights. He said he did. They asked him if he believed in God. Norman, who came from a Salvation Army background, said he believed strongly in God. We knew that we were going to do was far greater than any athletic fate, he said. I will stand with you. Carlos said he expected to see fear in Norman's eyes. He didn't. I saw love. On the way to the medal ceremony, Norman saw the OPHR badge being worn by a white member of the US rowing team and asked him if he could wear it. It was Norman who suggested that Smith and Carlos shared the black gloves used in their salute after Carlos left his pair at the Olympic Village. This is the reason for Smith raising his right fist while Carlos raised his left. Between 1968 and 1972, after that salute, it has been claimed that Norman's career suffered greatly. At 2012, CNN profile said that he returned home to Australia a pariah, suffering unofficial sanctions and ridiculed as the Black Power Salute's forgotten man. He never ran in the Olympics again. Commentators say he was not selected for the Olympic Games in Munich in 1972 
despite recording qualifying times and was not welcomed even three decades later at the 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney. Carlos later stated that if we, Carlos and Smith that is, were getting beat up, Peter was facing an entire country and suffering alone, Australia. Who remembers, who really remembers the sprinter, Ben Johnson? Now, Ben Johnson was a Jamaican-born athlete who represented Canada in the 1988 Seoul Olympics. He won the 100 metres final only for two days later. He tested positive for performing enhancing drugs and he was stripped of his title. I remember in the space of those two days, the reporting went from Canadian hero wins 100 meter title to Jamaican immigrant stripped of his 100 meters title. Now, it appears when we meet their so-called benchmark, they claim us as their own. When we fall short or don't know our place, we are villains. Are we there to entertain them and to conform to how they think when we, the way we should act? When, as black people, we embrace our sporting heroes and claim them as our own, and if the sports star in any way seems to acknowledge this, the tabloids seem to have a negative approach to them. Let's go over the pond to the United States of America. Colin Kaepernick, an NFL footballer who plays for the San Francisco 49ers, he took the knee during the national anthem as a protest to racial injustice in America in August 2016. He continued his protest throughout the 2016 NFL season. Now, this sparked a movement across America where sports stars, managers and coaches showed solidarity before games while the national anthem played. They protested in their own individual ways. Some knelt, some linked arms, some stayed seated and some decided not to leave their dressing rooms. This movement started by Colin Kaepernick led to President Trump stating their players who refused to stand up are, in quote, sons of bitches. That they were unpatriotic and were disrespectful of the American military and his actions divided opinion in America. It appears once we conform, know our places and not be opinionated, we will then be accepted, cheered and even hero worshipped. Fans in these moments, they forget all about the colour of our skin and only see the colour of the team shirt you are wearing. Let us bring the light, the racial and social injustice that are in our everyday life. Until then, public opinion will never change. If you celebrate in any way that gives a nod towards your heritage, it seems to be not be accepted to certain parts of the establishment. Our own Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, has recently refused to condemn sections of the crowd that booed at an international football game, England v Romania, that stated that people have the right to free speech. Boris does not care how it affects those young men of black heritage that are representing this country. 
Does he not care how the wider public may view his statement? On the same day when Boris Johnson refused to condemn the booing, he backed the comments made by the culture secretary, Oliver Dowden, that the punishment handed out to a white English cricketer, Ollie Robinson, who had just made his England debut for historic racist and sexist tweets as a younger man. Now, it appears that the punishment handed out by the English and Welsh Cricket Board, the ECB, as over the top. He, he has only been banned for one match. How can that be over the top? What, what should they have done? Send him to bed early with no dinner or take away his PlayStation and then put him on the naughty step? That sounds like the equivalent punishment. But they have, what they've done was ban him for a game and implement training on racism and to him and his team members. Now, as black sportsmen and women, should we have to implement the British stiff upper lip? We can drape ourselves in the Union Jack and not remind them of our heritage. But by in any way, do not give a nod to our culture. We can be accepted as their heroes once we conform and get up off our knee. Taking the knee may have divided certain aspects of society who think we have made our point and now it's time to stop. But this is more than symbolic. It keeps the fact that things are not equal, things are not right, and we need to keep these things constantly in the public eye. It is there as a constant reminder to the people who may not be racist, but in truth, they do not understand and they do not really or try to understand this. At least it keeps it in their thoughts and maybe it will start to make a difference. Maybe we should just take the upper hand in our own personal conversations with our white friends and colleagues. The action of taking the knee to open conversations may help to bring a greater understanding to our struggles. Many people are not racist to this topic. They're only tired of the action itself without understanding its significance. Taking the knee is the action. Education is the key to consciousness. If you like this podcast, like and subscribe or follow and give a five-star review where it's applicable. If you wish to contact me, though, I'm available through the website, which is all the W's, justloving-life.com, whereas you'll be alerted with the most recent episodes, which is generally available every Tuesday. Also, tell your friends family and anyone acquainted with your existence about these shows because then you'll be helping a brother out thank you for listening and in the meantime let's be careful out there